This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Um, we've been doing a series for the last three weeks called Do You Hear What I Hear? And really the whole intent and purpose of this series has been, has been to really understand um, how to hear the voice of God. How many want to hear God's voice in their life? I don't know about you, but we live in a day and age when there's so much stuff that is uh, clamoring for our attention and distracting us from what oftentimes are the right things in life, and we're distracted by those things that really don't matter. And so I just want to share a couple of things this morning. I've noticed in you know, the, the original Christmas story that there's two main groups of people that were touched by uh, Christ's birth. The first group were the wise men, the magi. The second group were the shepherds that were on the uh, fields watching their sheep. And so I just want to, if I can, just read through the stories of their encounter with Jesus. Um, very briefly, and just share a couple of thoughts this morning. The wise men were found in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. And we're going to, you guys can follow on the screen behind me. It says this, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship you. I have news for you this morning that there's two ways in everyone's life that you can encounter God. Number one is when you go looking for him. Number two is when he comes looking for you. Right? And so this morning we're going to talk about the wise men in context of a group of people that had a very specific intentional purpose of finding Jesus. And they wouldn't give up their pursuit until they found him. I have news for you this morning. If you're looking for something greater in your life than what you've seen, I have news for you. Jesus can find you if you look for him. Amen? Even if you're not looking for him, he'll find you anyway. He has a, an amazing way of showing up in your life when you least expect it. And so we can either pursue him or he pursues us. It goes on in verse 3 and it says this. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be? Where is he supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called from called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Think about this for a second. The wise men had been looking for the star for a long time. That's why Herod wanted to find out. So give me the scoop on when the star first appeared and how long you've been following it. Most biblical scholars look at that story and say that in most biblical scholars' opinion, the wise men had been looking for the star for approximately two years. They were on a pursuit goes on in verse 8, and it says, Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. And after this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. He went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. 
They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and then bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure, their chests, and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Their pursuit, their goal, their desire was to find Jesus, and their response when they found him was to worship. And it's amazing when we understand what worship is, understand that worship, in essence, is to give something your best. You're giving your worth-ship. That's what it's about. You're giving everything about who you are to someone else. How many know that it's a little bit discouraging, a little bit disappointing when you get a gift from someone at Christmas that they don't really mean to give you? You know, like the gift that keeps on giving? Remember the Chia Pet that kept getting passed around at all the employee lunches, you know, for Christmas? Just keeps going. But I tell you, there's something very uh, significant in our culture right now about gifts that are given with the wrong motivation. Jesus gave himself with the right motivation. Their pursuit was Jesus. Their response was worship. And as a result, they gave God their best. The second group of people, the, the shepherds on the hill, so I'm going to read their stories. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, and it says this. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, say suddenly. An angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. One encounter with Jesus happens when you pursue him. The second encounter with Jesus happens suddenly when he pursues you. Okay? So watch this. They weren't looking for this encounter, but they met Jesus that night. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. One thing I've realized about an encounter with Jesus is that it's always good news. <laughs> it's always good news. He is the only person that has ever walked the planet that can transform your heart, your life, and your circumstance. He's the only one. No one else can do it. Some of us think certain hockey teams could do it, but that's not true. I've learned this this week. I've had a little moment. It goes on in verse 11. It says, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. I don't know about you, but I, I've seen a lot in our culture right now where people try to get their point across, and they, they get it across in a very loud way, or sometimes they feel the necessary need to repeat themselves over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Now, how many have ever had your spouse do that? Don't lift up your hand. Okay, Joe, Joe, hand down, Joe. That's not the time to lift your hand. But I want you to catch something here this morning. He starts by saying, he's the Savior. Did you hear me? No, no, no. He's the Messiah. You still didn't hear me? No, he's Lord. He is Savior, Messiah, Lord. He, he wanted to get his point across today that if you see Jesus, he can be your Savior from circumstances, he can be the Messiah over everything in your life, and he can be the Lord of your life that will cause everything to work out in his way and his plan. Verse 12, and it says, you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Listen, when you have an encounter, a divine encounter with God, a suddenly encounter with God, where Jesus encounters you, 
The only response, according to the shepherds, is you want more. They weren't satisfied with just hearing about Jesus. They wanted to find out about him. They wanted to go see him, so they went. Immediately they went. They wanted to see him. Verse 16, it says, They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. When you encounter God, you worship him. When God encounters you, you can't help but tell everybody. Right? Everybody found out about Jesus that night because of the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. There's two different stories here. Two different groups of people. One group encountered Jesus. One group, Jesus encountered them. But both encounters led them to the very same place. A city, a town, by the name of Bethlehem. So many of us have heard the, the Christmas story and we've heard the name Bethlehem many, many times over, but I bet you many of you probably don't know what it means. It means the house of bread. You say, okay, that sounds like a nice place to go visit. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. The house of bread. Both encounters led them to Jesus in the house of bread. It's amazing in John chapter 6, verse 32 to 35, Jesus responding to the disciples' discussion about the story of the nation of Israel wandering through the desert for 40 years and God supernaturally providing bread from heaven for them for every single day of their life. Supernaturally providing bread from heaven. And Jesus' response to his disciples is this. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. Jesus is the bread of life. It was significant that he was born in Bethlehem. It was prophetic. It was symbolic. It was powerful. But unfortunately, many of us in our culture, we we spend money on that which will never satisfy. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, actually talks about our day. In Isaiah chapter 55, it says this, verse 2, and it says, Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Think about this for a second. If you were to pull every child on the planet, in school, in Kingston right now, and you were to ask them, what is Christmas mean to you? What's important to you about Christmas? I guarantee you that the majority, if not every one of them, unless they're manipulated by their pastors, uh, father and mother, they will say, it's about what I get. It's about the gifts. It's about this. It's about that. But it's not about Jesus. Honestly, I believe this is a question that Jesus wants to ask you this morning. Why do you spend your money? Why do you spend your time? Why do you spend your devotion? Why do you spend your hours? Why do you spend all of those things on what is not bread? In other words, what does not satisfy? Something has to shift in our culture. True peace, true joy, true hope, true love only comes from Jesus. 
And it's amazing, in my Bible, uh, I have a study Bible, and in the very top of the heading of Isaiah chapter 55, this is the actual phrase that it has across the top of this verse. It says this, an invitation to abundant life. And that's what Jesus wants to give you this morning. He wants to give you an invitation to true life, because he is the bread of life. C.S. Lewis said this, the Son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. And that is the promise to you this morning, that as you make a decision to say, Jesus, I'm going to change my Christmas paradigm this year, and I'm going to actually put you first. I'm actually going to put you first in everything. It's not going to be about what it's normally about. That doesn't mean we can't enjoy the presents. That doesn't mean we can't enjoy all the stuff that Christmas is all about. Because I don't know about you, I have fun at Christmas. It's a blast. But if we forget the reason that Christmas ever existed, then we're missing it. My sister-in-law is a school teacher in the Durham District School Board, and I just got news from her this past week that their holiday um, celebration at their school, it was mandated that they cannot talk about God, they cannot talk about Jesus, they cannot talk about Christmas carols, they cannot talk about anything related to Jesus, God, the Bible, the Nativity, any story related to the Bible. I thought to myself, well, why have Christmas then? Because there's nothing left. If you take out Christmas, you know, if you take out Christ from Christmas, you got nothing, right? You got absolutely nothing. And so for us, what you have to understand this morning is that Jesus came not just to, not just to become a little boy, but to become a man that died for our sins and to die in our place. And I have news for you this morning. Some of you are on a pursuit to find Jesus, just like the wise men. I have news for you. You're going to find him. I guarantee it. But there's some of you that are not on a pursuit of Jesus, And I have news for you as well, that Jesus knows where you live, and just like the shepherds, he actually knows where you work. And he'll find you. He can even find you at your place of work. He'll find you. I'm so thankful this morning that Jesus is faithful, and that he's given us a way to celebrate the true meaning of Christmas, which is him. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.